Keeping It With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958. 931-243-3958. Or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include, but are not limited to, road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. Or three W's and a dot sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Look right, look left, look right again. That's how you learn to cross a road. The only problem is that as a kid, my road became a torrent of lava. My road became a chasm. My road became a piranha crocodile infested river. And if I had to cross from point A to point B, how could I do that? Now, I worried about this as a kid because of the adventure movies that I watched. The guys exploring the jungles and the guys trying to find the hidden treasure. And I'll have to admit that some of the things that I watched as a kid influenced me in a way that was probably not accurate. Number one, quicksand is not the problem I thought it was going to be as an adult. Number two, crossing the uncrossable it has not turned out to be the, the kind of problem I think it is. Now, if you run into the uncrossable, if you run into a raging river or a torrent of lava, or you find this deep, deep, deep chasm, the only reliable way to actually cross it is to already have somebody on the other side. The grappling hook thing, that is a dumpster fire. You don't want to try to cross anything because you've thrown a hook over and hooked something. And you really, you know, you've just been misled about what Batman can do by shooting that little dart into the wall. The the physics just don't agree with that. And I can explain that in detail, but it would just bore you. But trust me, it doesn't work. Now, I had a system for crossing Williamson Street. There was a, a big magnolia tree in my yard. And across the street was this utility pole. Now, it wasn't very far. It's just the width of, you know, a small residential road. So you're not, you know, I'm not talking about crossing a Grand Canyon or anything, but I would take a a length of rappelling rope 
and I put an eye screw <laughs> into a softball and I attached a carabiner with my main line on the carabiner. I tied the gate of the carabiner open with a slipped uh, clove hitch. And then I would take this contraption and spin it over my head. And as I built up the momentum, I would slowly let the length out. And when it was long enough while it was spinning to, to reach the other side of the road, I would let it tangle itself around the utility pole. And if you got lucky, it would tangle itself around the utility pole and you could wiggle it and the carabiner would hook on the rope. You pull the string, the gate closes, and you've lassoed a telephone pole from the other side of the street. Then you take your rope, you put a butterfly knot, you know, about a third of the way across it, and you begin to use it as a two-to-one advantage, and you pull this tension, and you make this very, very super tight line, and then you commando crawl across Williamson Street. And the pretend lava and the pretend piranhas and the pretend crocodiles, they can't touch you. Now, traffic traveling down Williamson Street can ruin your day. And some of my early Tyrolene traverses and some of my early zip lines, uh, I'm the recipient of the Wiley Coyote patch. I have several of them. The patch that comes from Wiley Coyote is not given. They are earned. Well, it turns out that as an adult, I got to attend a seminar about crossing deep canyons and, and crossing bodies of water, building actual real-life Tyrolene traverses. I went to a rope technician level one seminar at Berry College. It was a seminar taught by the company on Rope One. And, and what we were doing was learning how to use pulleys and mechanical advantage and progress capture devices. And we learned a lot of things about vector pulls. Really, really cool seminar. The seminar ended when we built a Tyrolene Traverse, that, that's a rope stretch from point A to point B, and, and what we were using was a Kootenai carriage with an English reeve. Now, rather than try to explain all that, I'll spell it for you. K-O-O-T-E-N-A-Y, Kootenai carriage with an English reeve, R-E-E-V-E. -E -E. Look that up, and, and basically what you're going to see is that this system of ropes basically allows a person to behave like a pedestal crane. You can move from point A to point B, and at any point between point A and B, the person can be lowered like the hook on a pedestal crane, and you could pick an object or another person up and be risen back into the air and, and then cross, continue your crossing. I got to be the guy who did the rescue, some straight-up ninja stuff. They put me on top of this bank, and they had this rope system that went across this pond, and they had a guy against the retaining wall or against this steep bank. And when I got out into the air above this dude, they lowered me. I attached his harness to my harness with a pickoff strap. They raised us into the air, and then we went all the way across this pond, across this uh, sloping area. And, and that was our final exercise. And we built this whole system from the ground up using pulleys to tighten the rope and using all kinds of complicated mechanical advantage systems. Well, as it turned out, I've never gotten to use that. As it turns out, I've never had to cross a chasm. As it turns out, I've never had to, to cross a, a river of lava. As it turns out, I've never had to cross a piranha crocodile infested creek. So what do you do with this newfound knowledge with the pulleys and vectors and stuff? Well, in my world, you take stuff like that and you try to teach lessons. And so I would go to the, the schools and spend the day with the PE classes playing with ropes. 
if you had the right kind of a gymnasium with exposed eye beams and rafters, we'd put the ropes in the air. And I would do a, a an ascension, would do like a rope walking technique where you uh, use either a footlock system or a Mitchell system or a frog system, and, and you climb the rope. And then we would rappel out of the ceiling or we would balance on the back of the uh, backboard. We did several cool things uh, where we would let four students hold ropes and hold a ladder in the air and let somebody climb that ladder with just those four anchors. And then we would begin to play with the mechanical advantage. We would begin to, to challenge people to to some tug-of-war exercises. One of my favorite things to do is get two really strong guys and have them uh, stand like on a marker. Like, you know, you stand on this piece of paper and the other guy stand on that piece of paper and they try to pull each other off the piece of paper. Well, if you set it up right, you get two guys who are equally matched and equally strong and about the same size. They're just going to pull and nobody's really going to move. But I can walk up to that tightly stretched rope between these two guys and I can put one hand on it and I can lean toward the floor or I can pull it backwards and I can move both those guys off their markers. It's it's called creating a, a vector pull. Another thing that we used to do was we would challenge uh, the strongest guy in school, you know, hey, who can bench press 100 pounds? Who can bench press 175? Who can bench press two? Who can bench press 250? You find that really, really strong guy who can bench press a lot and you challenge him, say, we want you to come up, uh, come out on the floor and want you to play play tug of war well he's ready to you know flex and show how strong he is and then we introduce him to the person that he's going to play tug of war against and it was typically a very tiny female i remember we were in ball knob arkansas and i was with my youth group and we used a young lady named allison hill allison hill might have weighed you know 102 pounds carrying a bowling ball full of mercury and she was this very pretty young lady and, and had a sweet little spirit and was kind of shy. And, and you said, we're going to challenge somebody to come play tug of war against Allison. Well, <laughs> if you're in Ball Knob, Arkansas, and you have this wavy haired little blonde on stage, those country bulls will kill each other to get on that stage with that girl. So this guy's on stage, you know, he's got the muscles and he's ready to show everybody how strong he is. And I guess he's ready to show Allison how strong he is. The only problem is that in order to play this game of tug of war, he has to stand on a bar stool and Allison gets to stand on the floor. And with relative predictability, you know what happens. The person standing on the bar stool almost always loses. Now, there's occasionally that incredibly balanced and incredibly strong person who can win this, but, but not very often. Nine times out of ten, I would wager to say, the, the little tiny girl pulls the big muscular guy off the bar stool. Why? Well, it's easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull somebody up. And when you, you start ministering to people and you start being involved with people, and oftentimes, you know, I have children talk to me about, well, I've got this friend and they're mixed up about this, that, or the other, and I'm spending an incredible amount of time talking to them. It's important to be influential in people's lives. It's important to be a confidant. It's important to give people somebody to talk to so they can feel heard, understood, and accepted. But sometimes you've got to realize that, that as a, a vulnerable person, you may not be the best person to get yourself connected to this other person because the chances of you pulling them up is far outweighed by the chance that they might pull you down. 
Now, I'm not saying you ignore people who are difficult. I'm not saying you ignore people who are complicated. I'm just saying you've got to be smart. You've got to have an, an, an evaluation system. You know, I often talk to people and say, look, if you're a weak swimmer and you have to have floaties and, and one of your connections is out in the middle of the raging river, you don't get in the river with them. You throw them something, you send them something, but weak swimmers don't rescue weak swimmers. Strong swimmers will rescue weak swimmers. And so sometimes these young people have such open hearts and, and they're so tender that they want to be involved with this person who's who's confused and mixed up and exploring some ideas and they're getting bad information and dishonest information off the people who post on the internet. And I try to advise them you know, be very, very careful that you don't get into the water as a weak swimmer trying to rescue a weak swimmer. It's easier. Almost always happens. It's easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull somebody up. For example, when when, when you get involved with people that are toxic. Now, everybody has issues. We, we are flawed individuals. But sometimes people are difficult, and they make their living being difficult. If you read the book by Joe Navarro, Dangerous Personalities, he'll take the, the vast list of personality disorders, and he'll basically put them in four buckets. He'll say, you've got a narcissist, you've got your predators, you've got your paranoid, and you've got the emotionally unstable. And if you're involved with, with one of those types of people, somebody who's a predator, somebody who, who lacks the self-insight and the empathy to understand that, that you're both important, if you're with somebody who is emotionally unstable, the chances of you being able to minister correctly to that person, are, are the, the odds are really, really long. Now, you can find ways to connect them with help. You can find ways to find them a support system. You can find ways to try to get them in, in contact with resources. There's a national resource called 211. You can Google that and then say, hey, what are my resources in this area? There's a 988 uh, national suicide hotline that you can text, talk, uh, or even do chat with. There's, there's all kinds of resources, and you don't have to be the resource. But what we learned in playing with these pulleys and these vector pulls and these mechanical advantages is sometimes there are things going on in somebody else's life and, and it, it works as a force multiplier. They have way more power than you do simply because of what's on their side. And sometimes people take advantage of those power multipliers, especially the people who are narcissists and predators and the paranoid and the unstable, and they learn. Maybe it's not calculated. Maybe it's not a choice. But they've been reinforced that, hey, I can make you responsible for things you don't control. I can hold you hostage with my emotions. I can hold you hostage with my addiction. I can hold you hostage with my dysfunction. I can hold you hostage with my spirituality or lack thereof. And maybe they're on purpose being manipulative and maybe they just don't know any better. Maybe it's just a system that has worked for them. But if you're connected to somebody and they're using things that you don't control to control you, then they're pulling you down and you can't possibly pull them up. In the 
demonstrations we did at the schools. We we always closed with with one final demonstration, and then it was usually you know talking about bullies, talking about how to set limits and how to have boundaries and how to have consequences. And, and I would challenge the the three strongest boys from the school to play a game of tug of war against me. And I would tie the end of a rope into a triple loop bowline so they had good handles. And, and I would stretch the rope out and I would put a marker down on the floor. Sometimes it's something as simple as a piece of typing paper. And I would stand on the typing paper and, and I would give the rope to the boys and, and my end of the rope would be lying there on the ground. And I would say, now, we're going to count to three. And when we count to three, we'll play tug of war. And I guarantee you, I promise this audience, you can borrow money to bet on it. These guys will not be able to move me from this piece of paper. And I picked the rope up, and then I didn't have a very good grip on the rope in case the boys cheat and pull early. And I'm holding the rope very lightly. And we count one, two, and at about two and a half, I just dropped the rope. Now, it's anticlimactic. And you get booed and hissed and the air goes out of the room and the boys look at you like you've done something terrible. But the bottom line is, if I don't play your game, I don't care how strong you are, how big you are, how powerful you are. I don't care what the things are that give you the advantage over me. If I don't play the game, you have no power. Romans chapter 12 says, as much as possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. And, and, and I think that is said because as, as, as people who are caring and compassionate and people who are, have integrity and people who try to live by the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, I believe those things dictate our interactions with people. But every now and then, there are people that you don't need to play the game with. There are people who are toxic. And there are people who are psychic vampires and they drain all of your energy. And there are people who either don't want to be helped or can't be helped. And I don't know how always to distinguish that. Joe Navarro's book, Dangerous Personalities, has some scales and some tests and some things that you can fill out. But when Romans 12 says, as much as possible... As much as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. That used to stress me out. I was kind of like the comedian Brian Regan. Uh, Brian Regan talks has this routine where he says, you know, you're sitting in the living room floor and you're, you're putting together your Lego blocks. And, and while you're there watching Saturday morning cartoons, Smokey Bear comes on and Smokey Bear says, only you can prevent forest fires. And you're six years old and you're by yourself in the living room. And you go, me? That's a lot of pressure. I'm only six years old. And then you have Smokey's words in your ears, and it's only you can prevent forest fires. And the next time you go on a road trip with your parents, you see smoke coming out of the forest, and, 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 and the Smokey Bear appears in your imagination. It says, good job, Brian. And, and you feel like you've failed. Now, that's the way I felt about Romans 12. As much as possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. Later on in life, I, I discovered that that verse says as much as possible. And I think it intimates that in some cases, it might not be possible. That verse also says as much as it depends on you. And I believe that 
indicates that in some cases it doesn't depend on me. And if I get involved in a relationship, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a friendship relationship, whether it's a dating relationship, if I'm attending a church and that relationship is toxic, it may not be possible to get along with these people and it may not be possible depending on me. And if you run into a situation where it's toxic and it's full of toxicity and and, and your interaction with this person always makes you feel unbalanced and makes you feel inappropriately guilty and you spend a lot of energy trying to be responsible for their disease, their diagnosis, their addiction or their dysfunction or their mental health or their spiritual health or just even their physical health. If you get put in charge of something like that, the safest thing you can do is just let go of that rope and don't play that game. Mechanical advantage using those pulleys and those systems creates unusual power. And there are certain people in the world that for whatever reason exert unusual power in our lives. If you break that connection, if you refuse to play that game, then I don't care how powerful they think they are. I don't care what their influence is on you. If you'll break that connection, they can't win and you can't lose. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707. 615-371-8707 or you can go to three w's and a dot worldchristian.org find the donate here button and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel world christian broadcasting in cooperation with keeping up with jones the lonnie jones podcast adventure Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space. A small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Real, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country. Some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and that we invented and that we make. 
And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.